1: All right, looks like we are live. What up, guys? What's going on? Uh, wild, wild day. Uh, the room is filling up. Uh, I'm Jimmy Durkin. We've got Vic tafer Ted Wynn, Tashawn Reed will join us shortly. I mean, Vic and I are, are sitting here kind of, kind of reliving our stories of. uh that that Raider fans, I'm sure, will be reliving for years of where they were when they got the news that the Raiders had, in fact, traded for Devonte Adams. Um, I texted Vic and Deshaun. Vic, Vic thought I got duped by a fake account. Uh, I I immediately ditched my kids. I was playing basketball in the backyard with them. They they were wondering where the hell I went. Uh, I mean, just this is it's one of those trades that and the rumors had been out there for all the you know oh they would love to play together and and um, fans have been going crazy. Come on, just go get Devontae. Go get Devontae. And here it happens. Um, Devontae Adams is really going to come to Las Vegas. He is really going to be Derek Carr's teammate. It's uh, just unbelievable.
2: Yeah, I mean, once Rodgers, you know, got his deal, I think everyone, myself included, assumed that, obviously, Adams is back with him. I think they were a you know, playoff contender. I think they were going to match whatever offer he was getting. That's it, that, they would have paid him whatever the Raiders were going to pay him. So basically you know, he chose uh, his buddy Derek Carr over Aaron Rodgers, which I did not see happening, but uh, yeah, it's a game changer. It's, it's a huge, maybe, man, I guess we can look back at it tomorrow and biggest trades ever in the franchise history it has got to be top two or three right, right away. I would have to look at it, but it's huge.
0: Biggest trade <laughs> since Randy Moss. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but, uh, did did Adams have a no trade clause in his contract? So like, did he get to choose where he would go? Like the the Packers couldn't just trade him anywhere.
1: Well, I mean, his contract was up and he was franchise tagged. Um, oh, okay. So I mean, he wasn't yeah. really, you know, they had control over him, but he wasn't really under contract, you know. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah so I, I don't I don't right. know if his I don't know if his prior deal that expired after last season I don't know if that had a fr- had a no trade clause. Um, but uh, obviously, a no-trade clause would not be in, any kind of impetus here. Uh, if if they ask him, "Do you, will you waive it to go to the Raiders?" Uh, he, he would take that in a heartbeat.
0: Yeah. yeah. I was wondering, Good. I was I was wondering because the compensation, you know, is it a first round and a second round, which isn't crazy when you're thinking about the top receiver in the league. Obviously, the contract uh, came into play when it comes to his his value. But you know, you think about you know, the Seahawks trading two first-round draft picks for Jamal Adams, you know. So, um, yeah, I, I was wondering just because the, uh, the compensation is pretty, I think, good in, in favor of the Raiders.
3: Yeah, I think, like, part of that is, you know, I think a lot of teams, you know, kind of assume like we did, that, you know, with Rodgers re-signing, that that meant Adams is going to be back with the Packers. And so maybe some teams that needed a receiver, they already filled one. They already made these big signings and took up their cap space or um, – made other trades and then use some of their, their draft pick assets. So um, I think it kind of caught the league off guard and that probably contributed to the Raiders and you know, getting him for what I think is, is pretty good value. Um, you know, more so than him, you know, having a, uh, like, I guess he could, you know, leverage it and say that he, he wouldn't, you know, sign a long-term deal. Uh, let's say he was traded to like, you know, some bottom of the barrel team. He's like, well, I'm oh, I'm just going to not resign with you guys um, if you trade two first round picks to get me. So maybe a factored into that, but However it shook out, obviously, it doesn't really matter now. He's, he's a Raider and um, surprised us all. Um, you know, people have been going at us all all week on Twitter, and especially today, uh, you know, Devontae Adams, Devontae Adams. And that's, I kept blowing it off. It didn't even, like, cross my mind for a second. So uh, definitely shocking. But, um, you know, as, as Vic wrote, and I kind of alluded to a little bit, it really just, just changes everything about the trajectory of this team.
0: Yeah, I mean, on the low, like, people from Green Bay were saying, like, this wasn't going to happen. They weren't going to trade Adams. So, I mean, there, there were so many signs pointing to Adams re-signing with the Packers that this was just like a, I mean, I was driving, I was driving and then I think my girlfriend was on Twitter and she, she's, she told me, and I I told her, to double check, make sure that the real account. So (laughs) it's a, it's a stunning.
2: Let's get to the the people, man. People want to talk to us.
1: Anthony Q, you're going to be first up on the stage. What's going on, Anthony? Anthony, there, you there, you there, Anthony?
3: I think there's always like a little bit of delay. There There you go. go. I think
1: he's
3: there. How you guys doing? What are you doing, (laughs) man?
1: What's in what's (laughs) in your hand? (laughs)
4: <laughs> oh man, I, I don't even know I don't even know, man I don't even know where to start It's ridiculous I mean, how how could we even have imagined this? The last time we had this thing uh, I was asking you, Vic I was the first guy I was the first guy last time we did this And I was like, man Do you think we're Because you wrote an article around that time Asking or questioning Whether Ziegler and McDaniels Would tie themselves to Carr And now we're here And Devontae Adams is a is a Raider It's crazy yeah, um,
2: They will now for sure <laughs>
4: Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, I think it's a lot, right? Um, so, I mean, there's an arms race right now, right, in the West. So, I mean, where, where do we think we stand versus? I mean, it's it's so early. They're, they they got to do more stuff on the interior line. They got to do linebacker work. You know, I I read your article before this, and it was great, Vic. You too, Sean. It was great. Thanks. Your article. Um, but I mean, what what do we think? I mean, how how are they stacking up against them? Just just quick reaction where you guys at thank you guys again appreciate it
3: yeah like i said i mean it's you know it's it's tough this far out just because you know all these teams you know they have holes still that they're obviously going to make efforts to fit the rest of free agency in the draft but i think just right now just kind of looking at you know the major contributors for all four teams i think you have to put them right in the mix as a team that could you know realistically you know compete for you know the divisional crown i mean they're coming off of Winning ten games last year, um, and, and I, I would say we would already, you know, agree that they have improved this year. Um, obviously, there's other elements to it. You know, Josh McDaniels implementing a new scheme, Patrick Graham doing the same on the defensive side of the ball, building out more depth. But uh, you know, I, I think the Chiefs just are, are naturally always going to get that that edge as a team that you know has gone to the AFC Championship game four times in a row. But um, it doesn't seem like a you know a long shot that the Raiders could could find themselves being at the top of the division at the end of this.
1: Guys, guys, breaking news. Breaking news. Hold on one quick second. Magic Johnson tweets. This makes the trade (laughs) official. Oh, my God. (laughs) The Raiders made a huge all caps trade and acquired Devontae Adams from the Packers. I'll be going to a lot of Raiders and Rams games next season. That makes the trade official.
4: Wow. Wow. We're here, guys. We're here. He tweeted. Uh, Thank you, guys. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. Thank you, guys. All right. Thanks, Anthony. All right. Does anybody disagree uh, with get,
3: that though? I mean, like, does, does anybody else think they're not like, you know? Well, I
1: mean, the last place division in this team is going to be really good, whoever that is. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think
2: they're, they're offense the is elite. I mean, that they have to add a tackle, I think, which is shouldn't be that hard. Now that you have all the other guys around them. So I think it's just some good guys left from the free agent market. You get add a tackle, you get add a safety, and then uh, it's the pass work of other other places. But the foundation is definitely there, I think, for being a really good team.
0: Yeah, I mean if you look at what the Raiders did this off season, you know, no matter what you think about Josh McDaniels as the head coach, they added a top five play caller. They added the best receiver in football, they added one of the top pass rushers to back to um, to pair with Max Crosby, and they added one of the youngest hot, you know, defensive coordinators. So that's pretty good. Um obviously the the Raiders gonna go against two uh, blue chip quarterbacks and Patrick Mahomes and uh, Justin Herbert, um, but you know you don't have to win. You don't have to win a division. I'm not saying they won't, but I'm saying you don't have to win a division to make the playoffs. Um, so I mean, I think they just you know upgraded their team immensely in the offseason. and um, yeah, I mean it's an
1: exciting time. Uh,
2: more people, more people. Well, let right. more people.
1: Colton L. Colton L. You're on the stage.
5: Hey guys am i there yet okay cool i'm on board thanks for selecting me guys so a few quick thoughts um first of all dave ziegler's already a legend i mean he literally (laughs) brought us two (laughs) hall of famers in two days i mean i'm a 36 year raider fan i'm not used to good things like this i mean this is insane and uh what else can you say um But Chandler Jones and Devontae Adams, I don't even feel this is real. It's still sinking in. But obviously, we still have a lot of work to do. But what a phenomenal job. And as far as the Packers, you know, this is obviously their fault because they should have paid Devontae a year ago. He showed up and balled out anyway, being severely underpaid. And, of course, all the games they played with Aaron Rodgers – um, we were just lucky enough to be able to force their hand with the Carr and Devontae connection. And next thing you know, and by the way, I want your guys' take real quick on the compensation because, look, we pay, we're we paying him a ton, and we gave up a first and second round pick, but keep in mind, this is the number 22 and 53 pick. Even the Broncos to get Wilson, I know he's the quarterback, but they have the number nine pick overall. We're giving up a lot less when you really break down that, we just landed the best receiver in football. Again, thanks for the time, guys. Appreciate it. Well,
1: we at compensation's the compensation's a no-brainer, right? You just you, yeah, you, we, you don't even think twice.
2: No, nah, plus you look at the history of the Raiders draft picks, and you really don't mind <laughs> giving up those two picks. And I just think, obviously, Devontae Adams made the threat he wasn't going to play under the franchise tag. And people on the outside may have thought it was posturing, but clearly the Packers took it seriously, and the Packers had to make a move. Because now they got to find a receiver somehow to take his place. And um, so, yeah, just um, you know, Derek Carr, all along Derek Carr said, you know, his best friend, he would hook up, and no one kind of believed him. But Derek Carr was right.
3: Yeah, I think yeah. conversation-wise the best comparison is probably the, the Jalen Ramsey trade since he's a nine quarterback that went for, for two first-round picks a couple seasons ago. Um, and the picks weren't like, uh, you know – top 10 picks they were like in the 20s range where the, where the Raiders are going to be you know picking at or we're picking at this year um and, and they didn't even have to give up that they just give up first and a second um you know it, it still matters I mean like they won't they won't they, at least right now they aren't set to make their first pick until the third round but you know if they want to move up in a draft it should be feasible to swing a trade and uh depending on how they structured this deal they may still have some cap space to, to make a move or two um a significant move or two in free agency so um, yeah, you know, it's still a price, but I think it's more than reasonable for a player of his caliber. Yeah,
1: speaking
4: I mean, if you look
3: space,
1: keep speaking of the cap space. I'll jump in real quick. I don't know if you guys have seen the uh, the details on Chandler Jones's deal are out now from over the cap. Uh, cap number this year, year year one, seven point eight is all they're gonna get hit with – they tacked on – it's a three-year deal, but they tacked on two void years at the end. Uh, So cap hits are going to be 19.4 each of the next two years. Then there will be a a 4.8 hit in 2025 when when he's off the roster. But only a $7.8 million cap hit this year for Chandler Jones.
0: Yeah, I I, I think when you look at all – most of the Raiders' trades in the last, I don't know, five, ten years, every time they made a trade, it was always like, damn, they gave him that much or – You know, they made a trade. They only got that little. So uh, I I think that's probably the the best Raider trade as far as compensation that,
1: you know, I've remembered in a a, a long time. All right. Let's uh, bring in Ryan S. Ryan S., you're on the stage. You there, Ryan? Ryan, going once. Going twice.
6: My apologies. My, uh, my apologies.
1: Uh, <laughs> I barely... You uh, did. Ah. Uh, I I had already hit the button
6: when uh, when he started <laughs> talking. So be oh, patient, man. In, in, I
7: you in, told it, you this is a Bring him back. Weird.
3: Oh man, there, I there, there's up. like
1: a delay. So Ryan, uh, Jump back in. Here
6: oh, we go, Ryan. Yeah, man.
1: All right, Ryan, we got you back,
6: sure. I think. All right, let Ryan, me tell yeah. you what happened. Let me tell you what happened. It, it logged in under my kid's account, and, you know, I'm uh, all right. I am i do not know. We got a
3: family subscriber here. <laughs> you know, all right, yeah. That's <laughs> good.
6: All right. For sure. No, I got the pleasure of uh, introducing my son to Vic in Kansas City a couple of years ago, bought you a beer. Really appreciate oh, nice. it. Oh, nice, man. Appreciated your kindness. um You guys, I, I'm a diehard since 1972, and, uh, my kid's 26 and just a quick story he says to me about seven eight years ago he goes dad you know i'm all in but damn why couldn't you have you picked a better team you know (laughs) and uh i I just looked at him and i said it's going to be worth it to you when it happens you know And, and i just i can't tell you how excited we are today as a family and just the the raiders are putting their big boy pants on and becoming a professional football team you know and and i just think the New regime and congratulations to Mark Davis. Right, they. Um, it, it's just it's a different it's a different rate of organization, and I'm so excited about where we're headed as a team.
2: Yeah, it's kind of cool. Each move is kind of set, set up the next move, like the Jones, you know, signing and then the trade to get a, a good young cornerback back. They kind of upgrade. I mean, Gocke Ngok- Ngok- was great last year, and they kind of uh, upgrade for him in that spot. And now this happens, so just uh, you have to uh, tip your caps to the job they've done so far this this week.
5: Yeah. Man, on the flip
3: side, like we were very wrong about like Devontae Adams not being possible, but also like when they didn't do shit the first two days, and like <laughs> me and Vic were cheat- tweeting out like "Chill out, guys. Wait, let's get started." I was like, "Oh, fuck <laughs> you. I Don't do anything." Zig Williams <laughs> are being too patient. No, look. So goes both ways.
0: Yep. Hey, it's like a total opposite approach of what Gruden did when he first got to the Raiders. You know, he got there, traded away Khalil Mack, got a bunch of draft picks. Kind of punted away its first year, and um, Ziggler and uh, McDaniels are, are coming in
6: swinging. Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me on. I enjoy all your guys' articles, and uh, keep up the great work. Love following
1: you all guys.
2: Right, thanks a lot, bud. Appreciate it, man. Thanks,
6: man. All right, thanks.
1: All right, let's bring in Jordan R. I don't know. Is this Jordan Rodrigue?
5: Hi, guys. Oh, oh, yeah. wow. oh, yeah. Come
8: on I am such
9: a long-time yeah. long reader, first-time caller.
2: Hi. Um, this
1: is your sec,
2: if we call this
1: a state the nation, this is your second appearance
2: uh, on the show. I'm You've a been racist been on the right now, I'm pissed. But go ahead. Hi, children. Hi,
7: children.
9: I just, first of all, I loved uh, y'all's coverage of all of this. As you know, I'm a big fan of all of you guys, even you, Vic, even you. Um, <laughs> But um, you guys know that I'm, I'm really into um, studying team building and sort of uh, the, the ethos of, of people and teams as they kind of establish themselves in programs. And um, I'm kind of wondering what it, – it's obviously such early returns right now, but I'm kind of wondering what's starting to stick out to you guys so far about this group, um, you know, these moves being as aggressive as they are, but also – that difference between intentional aggression and sort of like rampant random decisions that seem good at the moment but maybe don't have that thought
3: yeah i think you know kind of because under the gruden era like they were very aggressive in the sense of they made a lot of big free agency signings and they used a lot of first round picks um but you know it, it, you know they get critiqued for it because they missed on so many of the picks and signings and it just kind of blew up in their face But I think the way this one is different is, you know, under Gruden they were pretty protective of picks. Like they did they weren't dealing, you know, first round picks. I don't think they did at all under the Gruden era. And, you know, come in right away, they they deal out their first two picks that they would have made um, you know, with, with this new organization that they're, they're coming in with with, with Ziggler and, and McDaniels. And so it's kind of a combination of the two from the previous regime of, you know, giving out those big free agency dollars, you know, going to get a Chandler Jones, even if you didn't necessarily need, you know, a pass rusher with Unique in Ngakwe. But also at the same time, you know, being aggressive with those draft picks and not necessarily, you know, trying to strip the roster down and get a bunch of young guys that you like. But, you know, if there's a veteran player that, that fits your timeline, what you're trying to do, you know, you're, you're being OK giving away your, your day one and day two and one of your day two picks to go get somebody. So I, I think they, they were always aggressive. Um, it just seems that these moves make a little bit more sense, at least on the surface, on paper. Obviously, games that have been played so far. But they seem to be a little bit more calculated this time around. It seems Plus like it, they have a first, plan,
1: right? I mean, yeah. Gr- yep. Gruden was a, emotional. Like he had he had a, he had a plan on Monday. He had a new plan on Tuesday. A new plan on Wednesday. Like this, you know, th- they're they moves that like fit together. Like they're actually, you know, they're they're doing things that are supposed to work with each other, not just like, well, eh, let me make this move and then, and then let me find a, find another move.
2: Plus, it helps a lot with a plan when like Patrick Graham is real tight with Chandler Jones and. Derek Carr's best friend with the five-day <laughs> They worked out pretty well for him. So I, I'm like, someday I'll use my Jordan-Marie connection to get it some big-time jobs. So well, it all works out.
10: Yeah,
0: I mean, it's a small sample size, but it, it kind of shows they have a plan A and a, a plan B. I, I think plan A was, they probably were talking to J.C. Jackson, missed out on him, but they still got a blue-chip player in Chandler Jones. And then they go out and flip Ngakwe for uh, Rocket Sin, who's a really solid um, corner. So, uh, you know, it's still very small sample size, but I think this regime, they're going to swing for uh, blue chip players, and it seems like they have a plan A, plan B uh, in place in case, you know, what they originally were intending to do
1: doesn't quite work out. All right, let's bring another one in. We'll go to Dana F. Dana, you're on the stage.
10: Hey, guys. Uh, I hope you can hear me good.
11: Yeah, we got you.
10: Yeah, um, yeah man. It was unbelievable. I'm, I'm, like, walking out of Dick's Sporting Goods. I just bought my son a baseball bat. I'm going to see a kid that I'm mentoring. I'm feeling really good about myself, and then I hear on the radio breaking news. I couldn't even believe it. I'm, like, yelling in my car as I'm driving down the road. I almost forgot that I was out of gas. Stop at the gas station, start talking to the guys on the gas station while I'm filling up, and I didn't even realize I pushed super. In this day and age, I'm paying for super. I get, I, I get, it's, it's unbelievable. This is like, when this all happened, you know, I was, when they, when they brought Ziggler in, and you could see there's going to be changes, I thought this was going to be. A, uh, I thought it was going to be a teardown. I thought it was going to be a rebuild. But then when I realized that they were content, and, and actually the McDaniel's was coming, and he wanted to be, he wanted Carr to be his quarterback. I believed, okay, let's see what happens. And now, look what happens. You know, uh, watching NFL Network tonight. Uh, I get home after doing my thing, and I put on the DVR total access and. The thing that's going to be the greatest about this is there's three weapons that are open immediately at the line of scrimmage. You have to figure out, you can only double one of them, and Derek is the best at getting the ball out quickly. How are are they going to stop this offense?
2: Yeah, that's well said. I think if if Renfro or or Waller are your third option, you have a great offense. I think that – like I said, the coolest thing about this for me, like just the big trade and the reaction is how happy the fans are. Just Because Raider fans do is a lot of shit. I mean, over the years, you guys took in some serious kidney blows, and you always bounce back. You always show up at games and at home on the road. And so I'm very happy for Raider fans to have this moment today.
10: Yeah, I got this kid. That, uh, I'm 53, so I've been a fan since the early 70s when my stepfather introduced me to it. I had a Mexican stepfather growing up in Southern California and Tom Flores and Jim Plunkett and all the connections. He was a Raider fan and he brought me in my whole life. And I got this guy that's uh, 26 at my church and he, I call him my Raider son. And he called me as soon as he found out. And because he's never experienced what it's like to, it's like the guy that uh, was a little earlier, you know, I doubt I wish to picked a better team, you know. <laughs> My stepsons, they can't, they can't be to stand. They look at me like, how do you like this? <laughs> you know, and I live down in Florida, so they don't understand the connection there. But, but uh, it's the greatest. And hey, I, I gotta say, you guys, you guys are all really, you do great articles, and I love the fact that your articles are long and in depth. You know, we need meat, not babes milk, and I appreciate the way you guys give us in depth content, and uh, just thanks so much.
2: Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it.
1: Thanks, Dana. All right, let's head over to Bobby F. Bobby, you're here, man.
12: Hey, guys. How you guys doing? Doing good, man. How you doing? Great. Very good. Very good. It's a great day to be a Raider. Uh, You know, honestly, like I said, when this new regime came in, you know, and we saw what was going on in the first couple days, you kind of sensed they were going the New England way, where historically they don't play... You know, pay big you know big time contracts. You know, they're just a great team all around. It's frustrating, but we're like, you know what? Let's give this regime, uh, you know, a shot. But uh, when they came out, you know, strong shows that, you know, a they mean business. And I think this contract is actually a product of the move to Vegas because obviously Mark the move to Vegas because Mark actually has. You know, a lot more, you know, revenue sources coming in right now that he didn't have in Oakland. You know, sellout stadiums, the suites, and all that stuff. So I think this is the beginning of big things to come. Mark Davis, I think, really wants to win. He's trying to win. And, uh, you know, I got faith in Mark and the front office. But like I said, if we could just now get ourselves an uh, offensive lineman, I think the future is bright.
0: Yeah, I think addressing the offensive linemen I because I see a lot of people in the chat uh, talking about the right tackle situation. Uh, I, to me, I, I think, you know, when you look at the AFC West and what's happening with all the, the pass rushers in the AFC West now, I, I think it's hard to just rely on and think that Leatherwood's going to make this huge jump at right tackle. I think you, you have to add a veteran right tackle through free agency because now all you have is a third-round draft pick Uh, I mean, you have your other later round picks, but it's it's hard to say we're going to pick a uh, starting right tackle, you know, in a third round or or later. Uh, So I I think the Raiders need to add a a right tackle. I don't, you know, maybe I think Trent Brown might be too expensive. Um, But a guy like Billy Turner or or Cannon, depending on his health, uh, would be uh, would be a good fit. But I I think you kind of pin yourself in and you you have to add a a right tackle to the free agency at some point.
12: And have they have they mentioned at all how much of this contract is guaranteed?
3: Um, no, I don't think we have. Vic, I don't, I don't think either, either one of us have any details on that. No, so I right.
2: the, the total number is one forty something for five, but I haven't heard any guarantees yet. No.
3: Yeah. but between between that and the Chandler Jones deal and other signings they made, um, you know, it's it's most likely that they're going to have you know, kind of operating on the margins when it comes to to cap space. Um, you know, getting some veterans that are on. On some, you know, team-friendly deals, and maybe, you know, with what they're they're building now with the roster, maybe guys that are later in their careers, and you know, maybe trying to add some rings to their collection, be more willing to take those type of deals on, on one-year contracts. So that's probably gonna be more so the market that they're they're shopping in um, moving forward from here.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't think they're gonna have enough to add like a guy like Collins or Trent Brown, but you know, Turner, Cannon, those guys are uh, affordable.
1: All right, let's uh let's roll with with uh, Nate S. Nate, you are on the stage. Can You
9: guys hear me? Yep, yeah. yeah, gotcha. Um, so you know everybody's you know you know excited that we got Devontae Adams and all, but I gotta play you know Debbie Downer. You know. Oh man, Ooh. Already? Come on. <laughs> <man>. <laughs> gotta be able. To... But uh so what you got? I'm just thinking, you know, I don't know how this stuff works. But uh, could they have potentially waited, uh, kind of like for him to do the whole like holdout thing and you know not giving up the first and second round picks? I'm I'm excited
1: and all, but like you know,
9: I'm the Raiders have some holes. The first and second would have been nice, but that's
1: all I got. I mean, they're not gonna get him for nothing. They they, they you know, Packers weren't gonna cut him or anything. I mean they, right. You know the reason you franchise tag him is because even if he doesn't want to play for you, that franchise tag means you own his rights and. You can you can use that to recoup some assets. So that, there's, I mean, there, there's no way they're getting him. They were getting him for nothing. He wasn't going to become a free agent. So if you want Devontae Adams, you got to give up a little something. And I mean, I think the price is uh is fairly reasonable. And I yeah, you got got
2: the best. The, the, the go ahead, go ahead. sides, I think, was because you have to be able to you know to identify if you have a need. If you, if you don't get Adams, if you whatever happens, you need to get a receiver now. So I think. Either The Raiders or the Raiders were in on Allen Robinson, so but that didn't work out. But either one of these teams has to make a move to fill that spot if Adams is not your guy there. So I think that's why I do have to get done sooner than later.
0: Yeah, I, mean, I think they would have picked a receiver with either one of their first or second-round picks anyways. Uh, but, I mean, you got the best receiver in football, so <laughs> less need, fuck them picks.
9: <laughs> yeah, I, there's definitely, like, an advantage to, like, bringing them in, like, you know, as soon as possible too, you know, and obviously, you know, when he bought the house, you know, you know, he might've already been, a, I don't know. I don't know. He might've already been part of Radio Nation, but um, I'm going to leave y'all with one more question. So, you know, now that they, it seems like they have a plan instead of Gruden's uh, a million plans. Um, and they obviously, McDaniels came over, you know, there's probably a couple players that, you know, that inspired him to come over, maybe Derek Carr, but I'd say definitely like Crosby and Renfro. Do you guys have any other players that, like, from the previous regime that they, like, kind of really want to build around?
2: Well, I'm sure he's excited about working with Darren Waller. I just don't know, you know, Darren Waller's going to want a new deal at some point. I'm not sure if this makes that impossible do now that you've given the Adams all this money. But in the short term, you still have the you know, top five tight end, I'm sure. If you make Daniels and you like, you know, the plays you're drawing up, having that kind of guy to use must be very exciting for him, I would think.
3: Okay. Yeah. I think, like, you know. Really great. Uh, like Josh Jacobs, he seems to be pretty favorable with him, too. I know they're going to, like, may have to, you know, decide on a fifth year option. But, I mean, either way it goes, like, he's going to be on the roster this season. So I think that's another guy. All right. All right.
9: Thank you, guys. Uh, when are they going to bring back uh, Lynn Bowden to be the Julian Edelman of this offense?
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> there you are, Debbie Downer, man. Next, let's get out of here. Next.
3: <laughs> Lynn Bowden. They got Hunter got, Renfro, got, man. They already got me, the white me, me, slap did you, guys, did you guys see his
1: tweet earlier? he got that yeah, of so, Mark uh, Davis uh, sitting courtside with the uh, man in front yeah. of the NFL. <laughs> uh, all right, Dustin F. Dustin, you better not be a Debbie Downer. Uh,
4: no, I am not a Debbie Downer. <laughs> uh, I have some cornerback questions, though. Um, are, are, the, are the Raiders still in on Gilmore, or now that they've uh, got Sin and Averett, uh, are they out on him?
2: Yeah, I can't imagine they are. I mean, I don't know for sure. But he was at one point, he was wanting more than $11 million a year, which I think that's been that's the reason why I think he's still on the board. So I can't imagine they have any kind of uh, – I'm talking about the cap space they have left for the needs they have. I can't imagine that's still an option right now.
4: All right. And then um, I really like the Averick kid. I watched the Ravens pretty close last year. Do you think he has any chance of beating out Sin or Mullen for the other starting spot?
3: I think Mullen is the one that stands out to me is it seems like the pressure is on for him. Um, I don't think you're saying, I don't think they trade for him if they don't aren't like hundred percent sure he's going to be a starting cornerback this year, especially when you're giving up a good player like Yannick Ngakwe. But uh, you know, Mullen, you know, he's drafted about the previous staff. He only played five games last year due to injury. Um, he's been pretty good, you know, throughout his career so far, but I wouldn't say he's been great. So I think there's some room in there. If, you know, uh, Averitt has a strong training camp and preseason, or he could push them for, for some of those starting reps. And even if not, you know, I, th- I think the plan under, under Patrick Graham is not only to play, play a lot of nickel and obviously having Nate Hobbs on the field, but they're also going to be playing dime. I think last year they used you know mostly a third safety when they went to dime, but they could also throw an extra cornerback out there if they have three cornerbacks that they feel they can rely on. And so whether he takes a starting job or not, I think having him could be a, a plus for him. Uh-
8: I literally forgot about Hobbs, and he was
4: freaking awesome last year. So that makes me feel better about cornerback. All right, thanks, guys.
2: All right man. Take care.
5: All
4: right. All
0: right let's I, I, I got I to run after one more question, guys,
1: by the way. All right. right. Benjamin yeah, H. You, Benjamin H., you are the last one for Ted. So Ted's going to leave us after you, so make it good.
13: Okay, I actually have. Uh, if I don't do any monologuing, I'm just going to go right to the questions. <laughs> two appetizers and an entree. But oh, I'll start with, the, but I'll start with the entree since that's the TED question. <laughs> we're all really excited. We're all really excited about Devontae Adams, me included. But I'd be curious to hear TED speak to. I don't really know why he's so good. What is he really good at? What is he exceptional at?
0: Well, what he's good at is he's ext- like. One underrated trait, I think, for receivers or one that you don't hear talked about a lot is deceptive body language. Like, can you convince a defender that you're moving left when you're moving right? And Adams is just a master at that, you know, and, and Justin Jefferson, the guy that's really good at that, too. But he's not as good a, good of an athlete as uh, Devontae Adams. Um, so that's what part of makes him just impossible to press. He's one of the best receivers I've ever seen against press coverage. Uh, that's one of the reasons why he's so great at, at route running. And one area that he's really going to help out the Raiders uh, in is the the red zone. The Raiders were 29th in red zone efficiency last year, and at, you can't press him. So if, you, if you're going to press him in the red zone, he's going to get open. If you double him, then you're going to put a weaker defender at one-on-one against Hunter Renfro, who's proven to be uh, pretty good there, too, and, and Darren Waller. Um, so yeah, to answer your question, I, I I think the of body language is is where, you know, when you watch Adams run his route, you'll know exactly, uh, what I mean by that.
13: Okay. That's really helpful. Is he really, is he a fast runner? Like, is he a, you know, or do we still need to take the top off guy? Uh,
0: I, I don't think his long speed is great, but he's so good at creating separation through his route running and his releases, um, that he's able to beat guys deep and, you know, I don't think you need to uh, take the top off the um, de- defense ty- type of just speed guy because Adams is a deep threat. And it's not just because of his long speed, but you know he, he's able to beat defensive deep because of uh, all his other traits and uh, savviness.
13: Okay, Ted, you're dismissed. Say hi to your beautiful dog. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, yeah, he, he's, com- he's complaining he wants me to get out to the, to the bar over here. But, yeah, g- I, good talking to you guys, and uh, have fun for the rest of the pod. All
2: right, Bob.
13: So right, if I could just that. sneak in two quickies. Um Uh, one of you mentioned earlier that Josh McDaniels is a top five play caller. Do we know for a fact that McDaniels is going to be calling the the plays as opposed to Lombardi? Yes.
2: it definitely is, yeah.
13: Okay. And then the other quickie, do you guys think that Jonathan Abram is going to be on this roster on opening day?
3: Also, yes. I think because even if he isn't a starter, I think his money's guaranteed for one. So I don't think like, especially since they're going to be operating on the margins really the rest of the way here, most likely like taking a, you know, what is it, maybe $3 million dead money hit just just for no reason when I think he'd still be a useful player even if he minimizes role to only be in a, a box safety when you're in those alignments or, or certain sub-packages. Um, but I think that also may be a position where, uh, you know, going out and getting a starting safety, maybe you could find somebody like that for cheap. But, um, you know, maybe this, you know, the, the numbers getting crunched maybe helps Aiden a little bit more in terms of keeping a hold on having a bigger role in, in the defense.
2: Yeah, I think he's going to be a really good team. I think he's like a part-time nickel linebacker, I think, would be his role for me if I am think this team is really going to be a, a, a top team this year. Yeah, okay. That's
13: really helpful. Thanks a lot, guys. No
1: All right. Thanks, Benjamin. All right. J.G., you're on the stage. This isn't Jay Gruden, is it? No. Hell No. <laughs>
7: <laughs> although although I, was a, I was the Raiders fan back
11: for the first turn with, uh, with Gruden. It was a lot of fun. We had a good time back then. But, uh, but no, guys, I, I want to know what your floor and ceiling is for this team right now as it is constructed in this amazing, incredible, loaded-up AFC West. What, what should the Raiders fans be realistically expecting in 2022? Should be
3: expecting playoffs, right?
2: They just wrote it. I uh, yeah, I'm driving the uh, the bandwagon. I think the you know sky's the limit. I think if you add some pieces, you add a safety, a tackle. I think there's no reason you can't be a serious contender this year. I think that the offense will be elite. I think um you know if they make some more good moves in free agency and a good couple draft picks, the guys can actually play this year. I think they have a really good team.
3: Yeah, I think you know. With them being a playoff team last year, like obviously there's there's a little bit of like they had six walk off wins, you know how much of that is translatable from year to year, but you know I think playoffs was always kind of the view for this year, um and obviously the move so far I've just solidified that, um you know barring you know you know obviously as footballing like injuries can change a lot of things and you never know how things are going to break with some of these teams that look good on paper, but um as long as they can can shore up that offensive line a little bit more and, and add some depth in a few other spots. Um, I, don't, I don't see why they can't compete for the divisional crown.
11: Okay. <laughs> w- one more question. One more question. I'll, I don't know, I'll hang up and listen. But um, what's the team in the AFC West that has done the most this offseason to improve themselves? Uh,
3: I would still say I'm leaning Chargers just because um, their defense was. I know the Raiders defense gets, gets shit on a lot, but the Chargers defense is really bad as well. And I think, you know, adding Khalil Mack to go with Joey Bosa and signing J.C. Jackson to, to shore up that secondary, I think if you can get their defense to being pretty good paired with with Justin Herbert and some of the weapons on their offense, I think they probably um, got made the biggest leap. But I think the Raiders are kind of right there with them. Um you know, it's either between those two. I know the Broncos got Russell Wilson and the Chiefs are still the Chiefs, but I think either the, the Chargers or the Raiders are going to be the team to make the biggest leap. And those things were pretty even last year. I mean, it came down, to, you know, pretty much the final plays to decide which one of them got in the playoffs. So I think that's probably going to end up being more so, uh, at least right now on paper, I would think those two teams are going to be battling, um, you know, along with the Chiefs for that, that top spot.
2: Yeah, I was – I would have said the Broncos because they went from Bridgewater and Locke to Russell Wilson, which is a huge, huge leap. But, you know, the Raiders just add the best receiver in football, so I'm going to go with the Raiders.
1: Two future Hall of Famers, very likely. I mean, you add uh, who are still – I mean, Chandler Jones is, what, 32, but he's still young enough to to get after it for a few more years. I mean, that's uh, – the Chiefs are the one team that really hasn't done anything, right? I mean, they've, you know – Honey Badger. have that, gone. They they that safety.
2: Justin. The safety is pretty good. They got uh, Justin. Yeah, Reed. I
1: mean, yeah, but I mean, that's, that's, he comes in as as Tyron Matthew leaves, so it's like
12: it's right. kind of a wash, yeah. right? I mean,
1: that's, that, that's a that that's move that's at best kind of I think probably a wash. Um, yeah,
3: they're uh, the only thing is like I mean their floors like, are. The Chiefs. They are. <laughs> they're they're <laughs> already in the fourth <laughs> AFC Championship game, so. Yeah. All
1: right,
3: thank All you. All right, Jay. All right, man. Thank you.
1: Alright, Matthew P Matthew, you're on the stage. Hello. Yep.
2: Hey, on?
11: how are you doing? Um, my one question that I recently saw is like this trade, do you think that it was kind of like not really I feel like they didn't really give up that much for a guy like Devontae Adams. And it was probably a question that's been told a lot, but do you think they could have got like a little bit more, maybe like a player on top of it?
1: Packers definitely should have got more. <laughs> like,
0: I mean,
1: I just I mean, feel if you're like the, if, yeah. I mean, if I think the Packers are getting, um, in, in some circles they're getting. Are, you gotta wonder like how if if uh, if you knew that the Raiders wanted him and he wanted to be a Raider, you would think they would have had a little more leverage to to get more out of the Raiders. I mean, that's, from the Raiders' perspective, I mean, to me, it's a fantastic trade and one that you do in a heartbeat.
11: Yeah, it's like a really great deal. And one of the things is, I know he's an amazing player. Like we, are, like a lot of people love Darren Waller, but obviously, people are talking about they have a lot of holes to fix. Obviously, if they possibly traded him, I mean, he had an injury. He had a, I would say like a rougher previous season. What do you think they could possibly get for him in return? Like possibly some of the picks back?
3: Um, I don't, I don't think that's, I don't think that's something that they'll consider really. I wouldn't foresee that. Because like, even with Waller, like, um, like he's on a really affordable tra- salary, for one, for a player his caliber. But also, like, I know there's been some talk about him having an extension and all that, but there's a couple years left on this deal. So even if, if they were at a situation where it was a crossroads, it's probably not coming this year. And it's more so maybe a thing that maybe happens next year. Um, So I, don't, I would be very shocked if, if something like that came into the picture this offseason. Okay, okay.
2: It's one of the great values you have right now on the roster. There's not a lot of great values, but that definitely is one. I, I don't, don't know why you would uh, get rid of that value.
11: Okay, yeah, I, I agree with that. All right, well, thank you guys. I appreciate your time.
1: All right, bud. All right, thanks, man. All right, all right. We've got pratique s. How you doing?
8: Hey, how's it going, fellas? Uh, first of all, I think all four of you do a great job, and uh, you know, it's all it's great to hear like the different perspectives. Um, I don't know next. if this has been covered, but I wanted to get your thoughts on kind of like how the the deal came about, right? Obviously Devontae Derrick's a unique situation, but like I wonder if, you know, the Rams kinda of going for broke, you know, kinda of got stuck in their minds or maybe the cap hitting three hundred million the next couple of years made this more feasible. You know, just kind of talking through like if there is any one thing you can pinpoint that maybe, you know, made it easier for Ziegler, McDaniels, Mark Davis to pull the trigger on this. Thanks.
2: I think it was just the being in the right place at the right time. I think uh, having that connection, Derek Carr and Devontae have, and once Devontae made clear he wasn't going to play under the tag, I think some alarms went off. I'm sure in the Raiders' minds that maybe this actually could really happen. So, and in the end, like Matt Schaub and our guy in Green Bay's right. I mean, I mean, Adams chose Derek Carr over Aaron Rodgers, so I think that right there, I mean, that's, that's kind of the trigger to the whole thing. So, once it happens. Uh, you do whatever it takes. I mean, like, you know, like we were saying, the two draft picks are not that big a deal to me in terms of getting
8: a guy like the Monte Adams. How do you... So, uh, that's perfect. Thank you, man. Uh, Last question, a little uh, small. Obviously, there are still some defensive holes, but do you think Patrick Graham kind of leans on guys he knows from the Giants, um, especially given his tendency to have a lot of big nose tackles and D tackles and, and stuff like that? Because, you know, I know that's something with a Solomon Thomas for example that doesn't quite fit the same mold so like how do you think they even go about addressing that because you know like like Deshaun said earlier like they're running on slim margins here
3: yeah I don't know I mean like he has he has history with with Chandler Jones so that's obvious connection but um you know I'm not sure that's going to be like the end all be all for him like you look at nose tackle for example they got Bilal Nichols and um Andrew Andrew Billings who both can play nose tackle and Uh, The Raiders already had Jonathan Hankins, who used to play for the Giants. And you would figure with two nose tackles, he's probably not coming back. So, you know, it doesn't mean everything for him. But, you know, there there are some guys out there. I know we've seen, like, Landon Collins get released recently. And I think Logan Ryan got released today. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Logan Ryan. That's
2: the guy to watch for me is Logan Ryan. I can definitely see him winding up here.
3: Cool. Thanks,
8: fellas. All
1: right. Okay, let's head over to Matt H., Matt, you're on the stage. Hello. Matt. Hey, what's going on? Hey, so uh,
9: big question. So it, it seems like pass rushers aren't hard to find anymore.
1: <laughs> and, uh, very good. Very good. And, you know, just yeah, thinking about kind of the last
14: caller, like, you know, some of the bit players, like who are the guys that come in to bring in the hole, bring, you know, fill the holes, like, you know, the Quentin Jeffersons of the world, um, you know, maybe playoff Willie comes back. You know, is there any,
1: any talk about those guys and maybe the potential uh, backup quarterback situation?
2: Yeah, I have no idea who the backup quarterback is going to be. I think some of them have already gone off the board already, so I don't imagine Mariota will come back. I think he wants to play, have a chance to play somewhere. So I don't think Nathan Peterman-Love will be there again this year because obviously John Gruden's gone. So, uh, But they definitely they need one. But I think the key for there is – no need to spend a lot of money there because Derek Carr is shown he's definitely not gonna miss any game. So I think you don't have to spend a lot
3: of money to back him up. Yeah, there's one backup that like stands out is Jacoby Prissett just yeah. from him yeah. playing with the Patriots He's Ricky okay. Eden and having that, that experience okay. with Josh McDaniels. But I don't like he may get like he may be too expensive for them. I don't know. Like he got five million dollars last year, like maybe he can set again. Man, got that. He would, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Andy Dalton got $10 million last year. Maybe he'll probably make $5 this year, too. So, I don't know, these backups are getting kind of pricey now with this, this quarterback market going up. But, I don't know, mm-hmm. Jacoby would be a good one if they can afford him. I like that one. Okay, no, perfect, guys. Thanks
7: a lot.
1: Enjoy Bye, uh, all the content you provide.
5: Thanks,
7: thanks,
1: man. thanks. Dalton was signed as a QB1 member. They, they even tweeted it out. He's their QB1 oh, uh,
3: QB1 for a fucking month before <laughs> they traded picks to draft a quarterback. <laughs>
1: Uh, All right. Nick S. Nick S., you are on the stage. Hey, guys. Uh, Thanks for having me on. Um, I was
9: just curious how, on the defensive side, I feel like linebacker hasn't been really addressed as of late, like through free agency so far. Um, I think maybe it was Deshaun that noted, like, it's Perman, Divine Diablo, and there's not really a lot of other players there. So is that something that uh, the Raiders – tend to in the draft, do you think? Or maybe clean up in free agency with someone like uh, Danny Trevathan?
3: I don't think it's off the table for free agency. Um, I reported like before free agency started, they were they had some interest in bringing back um, Nick Murrow before he left for the Bears. Um, and there's some – some it's the linebacker classes in the free agency group is, is pretty deep. Um, the one that jumps out is Kyle Van Noy, a former Patriot. Um, they seem to always keep finding his way back there. Maybe he follows – um, them out to Las Vegas, um, you know, some other guys, uh, another Patriot, Juwan Bentley, um, you know, Dante Hightower is also out there. So there's a few veteran linebackers that may not cost that much that maybe they can convinced to come out west because um, even if, you know, we also don't know what the staff thinks of Devon Diablo. Um, you know, he came on as a starter late, late last season, but, you know, do they is he the type of linebacker that they like? Usually the Patriots like those bigger, bulkier linebackers, especially in a 3-4, and Devon's a smaller guy more of a speed guy kind of similar to, to Corey Littleton and so um, you know I don't know if he's like cemented as a starter either necessarily. So you would think that they would uh, you know look out to try to make some kind of move to add some some more linebacker depth, you know, after cutting Corey Littleton and, and Nick Kwiatkowski. You gotta
1: that's figure right. too you gotta figure too with the with the NASA and the Littleton cuts being designated post June first, you know, remember that's when how, how much – they're going to get a bunch of extra cap space in June. About $20 million or so. Yeah. So, I mean, it, 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 you, you kind of figure that a lot – some of these holes are going to have to be, okay, what are the value free agents that are still out there? In June, I mean, we know there's there's a lot of veterans that like to chill on the couch during OTAs and minicamp and and uh, don't mind signing until June. So there'll probably still be some quality, you know, decent quality players out there. That once that extra cap space um, from from NASA and Littleton clears off the books, um, that they might be able to go out and get some guys in the summer. So it might be that their roster looks like it has some holes still going through the draft and and free agency of this first wave. But when they get that extra room in June, you could see them fill some holes.
9: Cool. Thank you. And then uh, one more quick one, and then uh, I'm out of here. But what are the chances of uh, someone like Gerald McCoy re-signing with the Raiders? I I guess uh, both questions are kind of defensive-based. The interior of the defensive line, I know they signed Nichols. uh, But someone like Gerald McCoy, a little more veteran, maybe give him another shot after the Uh, unfortunate ending to his season.
2: That's a good question. I have no idea. I mean, obviously uh, I'm not sure how much money he'd want, but uh, I think last year he got a decent of change last year, but, uh, but uh, yeah, I think it's definitely an option for guys who can fill out the roster as we get closer to uh,
3: the training camp. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, like I said earlier, they, they signed a couple of defensive tackles, but I think both of those guys are more so like nose tackles, run stoppers, uh, Nichols, he does have some pretty good pass rush juice, but he can play three technique, but you probably want three technique for people to know is just a defensive tackle that usually gets after the passer a little bit more. Um, He can do it, but you probably want a true one. There are a few guys out there uh, I have no idea how to pronounce his last name, but Matt Ian Ian Addis, I think. The guy that got released by the Commanders. Uh, uh, It seemed pretty good in that role. Sheldon Richardson is out there. Um, He's been really durable throughout his career, so I think there's some options that maybe won't cost that much that have probably been a lot more durable than than Gerald McCoy has been, you know, as of late with, with some of the injuries that he's had. Cool.
9: Cool. Thanks. 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 Have
1: a good one. All right. Thanks. All right. Nick. All right. We've been going for about 50 minutes. We'll uh, we'll go for about another 10 more minutes, get it up to an hour here. So uh, we'll try to rifle through as many of uh, the people here still on the queue as we can. So we'll start with David D. David, you're on the stage. Hey guys. Can you hear me? Yeah, Yeah, man.
14: Hey, so I got a quick two-piece for you. So do you guys think uh, they extend Derek Carr here really quick so that way we could free up some more cap money to potentially go after Honey Badger? Or do you think he's too expensive to where we probably go after Logan Ryan instead? And then the second one would be, you think with uh, Adams uh, on board now that Jacobs becomes more deadlier because they got to open up the lanes?
3: You're greedy, man. I mean, it's, 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 it's man, I car. mean, we got – ad- did you
14: expect Adams? No, so you got to be greedy yeah. now. Close mouth don't yeah. get fed.
3: Well,
14: <laughs> yeah, but Carr car has a lot
3: of signing bonus money up front. And then to get somebody like Matthew, that would be another, like, probably large signing bonus. Like, I know Mark Davis is doing better, but I don't know, man. That's, <laughs> that's a lot of bread coming off top. We got to see what this Adams number is, too. But, um, you know, obviously, I, I think, you know, Carr getting his extension is a formality. Um, I know some people are going to have a gripes about what the number ends up being but I mean you saw what Kirk Cousins has got is probably going to be in that range uh, pretty It's year. probably not going to be a
1: 2 it's probably not going to be a 2 year extension anymore it's probably yeah. gonna be a little bit longer yeah.
3: now. It's going to cost a lot of money to keep Derek Carr guys like I, I know it grinds some people's gears but I mean having DeVonte Adams you know at receiver should make it you know go down a little bit smoother but um yeah I feel like those top end free agents I mean I guess you never really know but you know I feel like it's more so going to be those mid level lower tier guys and that's not necessarily a bad thing either. I know it's not as sexy or you may not know who that guy is until we write about it. But uh, that's kind of what the Patriots bread and butter has been over the years. I mean, J.C. Jackson was an undrafted free agent uh, for, for some other reasons. But, uh, you know, some of the guys that they developed over the years in their program were, were guys that weren't big names when they got there. So uh, some of these smaller signings can, can work out better than you think.
14: I respect <laughs> that. You think Logan Ryan's going to be expensive as well?
3: No, nah, I wouldn't think so.
2: Yeah, I, think yeah. so I was going to say, I wonder if Honey Badger would take less money to play the Chiefs twice a year. I think he must be upset about how that went down, so I wonder if that might be a way to get him in.
3: Yeah, I think with him, also, like we have to see what happens, but I think if the Saints get Deshaun Watson, I think we might just see him go back home and fit down there somehow. I don't know. Some other options on the table for him.
14: And then the second one was do you think uh Jacobs becomes more explosive now because we have Adams and so the defense has to account for Adams.
3: I think that's more about what this offensive line looks like. Um I think even if you are a pass heavy offense, um and and a team is spread out, you know, you can still have issues running the ball if, if your offensive line sucks. So Offensive line was pretty bad last year. Part of that was due to injury. But, um, you know, unless they have some really great development from guys like Alex Sutherwood and Andre James and John Simpson, they're probably going to need at least one more starter at it, whether that's through free agency or the draft this offseason, in order for that unit to improve. And so, I mean, you know, Jacobs, he was getting hit a lot of times before he got started last year. So it's kind of hard to put that on him. But I think he's going to need better blocking. Like the passing game, you know, being more lethal will help him. But I think for him to really get back to that, you know, rookie season type Josh Jacobs that we haven't seen in a while is going to take some improvement up front. Don't forget
2: yeah. my guy, Denzel Good, man. Denzel Good's back, so that's also a good thing for that line.
12: Yeah? Big guy, Richie
2: Incognito. <laughs> <laughs> Those Cavs,
12: uh, what's the
3: line? Those calves are seeing some Cavs have seen some wars. Cavs
1: have seen some wars.
3: All right, David, appreciate some it
1: Great now. work. Hey,
3: Thanks, Thank part. you, man.
1: All right, All right. Justin M. What's going on, Justin?
7: Yeah, can you guys hear me? Yep, Yeah. Got you. Oh awesome. Um first off, I, I gotta say I'm really excited as a Raider fan for today. Today's awesome. And uh it looks like the two picks, the first and the second, as far as draft capital is concerned, is a is a, a thirteen overall. So it's basically three Cleveland Farrells. Um <laughs> Which, which I'll take. But um, let me ask you guys, you guys are in the building or in around the building and talk to all your sources. I'm just curious, you, you've been covering the team Vic for a little while um, just as far as excitement around Chandler Jones and these picks and Ziegler and McDaniel. I'm just curious, how does this year, how's this year different in terms of excitement level um, than in past years? I mean, I can imagine gruden had the temperature up and everyone was excited about everything but like real genuine buzz in the building how does it feel out there any different this year than than in, in previous years
2: i just say, i think the juice that both like jones and adams bring that's like jimmy said those two guys who are probably going to hall of fame and still kind of in their prime especially Adams. so i just think um that's got to bring everyone up to just a whole other level as far as excitement, looking forward to next year. they made big moves in the past. Some guys had definitely some nice resumes and some uh, you know, reputations that were strong. But this is definitely different, different level, I think. Adams is the best receiver in the league. His offense should be you know, great. So I just think that if you're a Raider uh, player or official right now, you got to be sky high.
5: Yeah. yeah.
3: And I think, okay. you know, the process of them like gaining confidence, like we talked from a player perspective, I think is what you're mostly asking about. Like, I think that a lot of that came from just what they pulled off last year, you know, making the playoffs after everything that happened. Um, I think that kind of, you know, they went into off season of uncertainty at the beginning, just because they didn't know how the heart hierarchy was going to look. But I think now that they know what's in place and, and that's kind of stabilized and they've gotten to know those guys a little bit more. Um, I, I think that confidence is coming back and it's only been, you know, supercharged by, you know, the additions that they made with Chamber Jones and Devontae Adams and, and some of the other guys and you know, the guys that will come throughout the rest of the offseason. And so I think they're kind of getting back on that track, that, that foundation that they set, you know, last year making the playoffs. And now they had a confidence that they, can, that they can go out there and achieve more. And I think, you know, not only the additions they made, but, you know, they, they almost beat the Bengals, went on to make the Super Bowl. I know that that stuff does not always change from year to year, but they didn't just make the playoffs. But they were they were pretty competitive, even though they, they were a first round you know exit once they got there. And so. I think is you know kind of building on, on what was there before, even though it's new people in charge. Yeah, no, yeah. that makes
7: sense. I'll uh, I'll hang up on this on this note, but if you just one one parting question for you guys: Does all these signings, these super signings, and and what have you, does this attract other veteran players? And if so, are they more likely to take cheaper deals to to fit their way into this into this team? Thanks a bunch, guys. Appreciate it.
2: I would definitely think so. I think definitely if you are a player who's still on the board, you're not going to get the top money that you maybe thought you might have gotten. You're not looking for you know, winning. You're looking for a team you can fit on and make a difference and contribute to being you know, part of a playoff team. So I imagine if Vontae Adams gets on the phone and gives you a call, you would be pretty excited about that as far as your options, where you want to go.
7: Yeah, that makes sense. All right, thanks. Yeah, I mean,
1: guys. In, I really in Vegas, Vegas is already kind of. I mean, it's, it's – yeah. The, the market, the the, the income tax, the uh, new stadium, the the facility. I mean, there's already a lot of attractive things to like about you know about the Raiders, about Vegas, about what they're building. So uh, I mean, they're they're already they already have a lot of pluses in their favor, and uh, now this just just gives them more, right? Yeah. I
7: I, I tell you what, I, I, the last thing I'll say is I really feel I feel like I became a K-pop fan recently because of knowing that the, the all these uh, BTS concerts that are going to show up in Allegiant Stadium are going to end up in Devonta Adams' pocket. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's
2: a good connection. I like that one.
7: All right, guys. Thanks.
2: Go. All right. Take care, bud.
8: Later. Later. All
1: right. We'll try to get to a couple more here. Uh, we'll go with Tim O. Tim, how you doing, man? You there,
7: Tim? Hey. hey. Can you hear me?
1: Hey. Yeah, yeah. No, what, what
2: are
7: you drinking? Oh, I'm drinking Guinness. It's St. Patty's Day. There, go. there we go. Uh, the same yeah. Day. Yeah. So um, I guess I have two questions. Number one is, do you think that the Raiders still need to um, get a deep threat um, for their offense, or does Devontae Adams solve that problem? And then number two is, uh, you know, how close – do you think they are up to the salary cap? I mean, do you think they're pretty much done now signing players and uh, how, how much more money are they going to have after June 1st to address all those deficiencies that they still have on the roster?
3: I think um, on the, on the deep threat. No, I think Devontae Adams is a, a legitimate deep threat. Um, but they, you know, outside of Tyron Johnson, I would say, is really their only, like, when I mean, you say a pure speed guy. It's probably the only guy they have in the roster that fits that mold, And so um, he hasn't really been able to put it all together as a receiver so far in his career. Matt Collins, who they saw is more of a big, bigger body red zone type. And so maybe that's something in the later rounds of the draft or, you know, a bargain bin guy that they try to go get. Maybe they still, you know, feel like they need a burner. But I don't think that they necessarily need one from, from play to play. I think Devontae Adams shouldn't have any issue, you know, stretching the field. Um in terms of the cap situation, it's kinda hard to pin down. Um, like right now over the cap has them at like twenty-eight million, which factors in Chandler Jones, but it doesn't factor in the Devontae Adams deal or I don't even think they have Bilal Nichols in there yet and a few others. So it's really hard to see what that number is. Like I I don't think they're in a situation where they're like over the cap now. Um, you know, and, and need to make some cuts to get back under. Um, but it's more so something we're gonna wait and see specifically where they're at. Um, In terms of June 2nd right now with with Littleton and um, uh, NASA coming off the books, they'll be basically right, basically right under twenty million dollars is what they'll get. And, um, you know, that may end up being, you know, they may use a good chunk of that money on signing their draft picks or maybe handing out extensions. (laughs) But it could also be used to, you know, signs from veterans that are still sitting around because. You know, while a lot of the focus is on this week, uh, you know, every year there's there's some players that kind of surprise you that they're still still available um, into June. I think Jadavion Clowney, I think last year didn't get signed until uh, the summer months, too. So there probably still be some guys on the board that would be good players for them that they, they could go get once they get that extra space yeah. this year. All right.
1: I appreciate it, cool. Tim. uh I'm checking out the chat, and uh, you get the uh, there, there's currently a debate going. Uh, who benches more between Vic and Tashawn. So uh, they're, they're, they're doing some voting on in there, so you guys can go check it out if you want to see. How uh, did that become Google. a debate?
3: <laughs> Have these people ever seen Vic? <laughs> like, if the Raiders needed, like, like, like Vic has, like, prototypical, like, right tackle size. I mean, he's, like, 6'4". <laughs> Really, Mike Tice wanted a... you. Mike Tice what? wanted you
2: in there. you <laughs> gym every day, man. You're posting videos of your workouts. I'm sure you're going
3: to be close, uh, probably. I don't know, man. I might get washed in that
1: one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We've been going for about an hour here. Uh, it's been, a, it's been a, a fun day, a long day. I know i still got some more work to do, so I think it's, we're going to wrap last, this up. One last one, one last one. One last one? All last right. One we'll go with Jess A.,
3: no pressure. Yes,
1: you're on. You're on the stage. No close us out. last one, dude. Hey, can you hear me? Yep.
14: Yeah. Gotcha. I appreciate. I appreciate you guys doing this because it distracted me from UCLA almost <laughs> uh, choking this. Uh, choking this first round away. Um, a lot of people have already touched on kind of what I was going to ask, but I think the thing that I keep going back to in this move. I appreciate you guys doing this. By the way, I'm a huge fans of all you guys, all your work. Um, the thing I keep going back to is I think that Gruden, um, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Is such a benchmark moment in the history of this franchise. I think what this move suggests, um, basically everything that's happened since then is is the Raiders pivoting into becoming this legitimate, um, um, uh, what's the word? Uh, competent franchise. And we're seeing that kind of unfold throughout our, you know, you know, right in front of us. My question for you guys is, you know, people have been asking this. Um, I, I'm really kind of trying to put you guys on the spot here. If you had to say there's one thing that the Raiders, if they do this one thing, uh, like Vic, like Vic would maybe say, uh, bet, bet the house on uh, on them to, to take the title. What would you guys say?
2: I think we're all said that the, getting a, a really good right tackle, of us, yeah. a veteran guy who's solid at right tackle, you don't have to worry about no 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 risks. Like well, it could be good, but you know, who knows, but. You can't take that at risk right now. You got to get an established, proven guy at right tackle you can count on. To me, that's the biggest thing right now.
3: Right tackle. Yeah, I don't know if there's one move uh, where I'd say like you know go down, go down to the strip in Vegas and bet all your money on the Super Bowl <laughs> Cause, like I think they're in it now. But like I still think the AFC West is going to be hell on earth. Like as terms of division, like I, for me, it's like the clear you know, the leader is in terms of being the best division in football. So it's going to be a dogfight, you know, almost all of those matchups most likely. And so, um, you know, I, I just think that division is too good. And I think the AFC in general right now is looking like the stronger conference between the two. So uh, it's, it's, it's going to be a tough road. And I'm not saying they can't pull it off like, like Vic wrote today, but um will be some tight games in there.
1: Yeah, I mean, the yeah. division's insane. The, the, the conference is insane. I mean, it's, like we said, uh, you know, I mean, the Broncos go out and add Russell Wilson. And I mean, I, I haven't seen what the updated odds are. I know they, after they got in, they shot up like really high in terms of Super Bowl odds. I mean, they might, they might fall back down after these moves to being back to, you know, favored to be fourth place in the division. And I think they're going to be pretty good. Um, so it's just, but I mean, if you were to say one move, yeah, like Vic said, if they get a right tackle, then you start feeling pretty good about yourselves. Um, but, uh, I mean, it's, it's just going to be a fun season. That, that's what we know is that all of those divisional games are now going to be so much fun because there's going to be so much talent on the field. And it's going to be well, – what's the max? I think the max, at least for the um, when they set the schedule, is, um, is five games on primetime. I mean, you, you got to feel like all five AFC West teams are going to get five primetime games or four or something like that. It's going to be a lot.
14: That was, the, yeah, I mean, that was my first style. we got to get these NFC East games off primetime. Style. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. Get those off. I of mean, there. the Raiders,
3: they've had like four <laughs> primetime games both of my two years on the beat. So they already had a bunch of them, but you figure that yeah, might, yeah. I don't know if it's possible, maybe it goes up to
14: Well, I appreciate wow. it. Uh, again, you guys have uh, been, uh, been a Raider fan for over 25 years, and uh, I, I really feel like this is the signal that I think a lot of us needed to see to kind of really buy in on this new regime really have the optimism of the future kind of restored. And hopefully, uh, hopefully for some of us who have, who weren't there for the glory days, maybe we'll be able to see some of those, those days come back. So again, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. It's a great day celebration for, for Raider nation. So again, I appreciate it guys.
1: righty, y'all. Well, uh, uh you guys have uh, plenty of stuff to write about. Um, not necessarily the draft. The draft's going to be a little bit of a snoozer now, with uh, with no picks until round three. But you, uh, you guys can go. Everybody can hang out and just kind of enjoy uh, the scene of the draft. Now it's going to be in Vegas, even though the Raiders won't be uh, participating for a while. But uh, man, big day for the Raiders. Big day for Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler. Derek Carr finally gets his guy. Um, should be uh, should be a fun season. Should be a fun rest of this offseason. See how else they can uh, put this uh, put this roster together.
2: Yeah, man. Thanks Mm -hmm. for everybody coming on today and everybody for reading all our stuff, man. Appreciate you guys.
3: Appreciate y'all.
1: All right. We'll talk to you guys soon.